0: special edition of trends and tensions presented by bhdp where we discuss trends in architectural and interior design and the competing priorities or tensions that arise from integrating new ideas into existing organizations enterprises and institutions this episode is part of the higher education strategic partnership series in this episode, Creating Opportunities Through Community Partners Part 1, special guest hosts Dr. Jamie Caridi, President of Terra Firma, and Kerry Magowski, Director of Client Services for Terra Firma, chat with Father Malachi Van Tassel, President of St. Francis University, about the strategic partnership the university has started with the Curry family of businesses that resulted in the creation of the Curry Innovation Center in downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Brian Trainer, Senior Strategist for BHDP. Let's get started. So, Father, before we start getting into, you know, a lot of this
1: project became about, we want to tell the story of the Curry Center, but we don't want to start there, honestly. We want to just hear a little bit from you. You've been a president, probably don't feel like uh, you've been doing it that long, but you've now been there, what, eight years? Yeah, yeah. Eight and a half
2: years, or as I like to say, in my ninth. And, you know, I was always looking forward. But yeah, so I've been in the presidency for almost nine years. I've been at St. Francis University. I'm in my 21st year. You know, so I started here as a faculty member in the Shield School of Business. I taught accounting full time and part time. I have a, a taxation background. I came out of public accounting with a master's in tax. So, I, I came to the presidency through the finance side of things. And so, I've always had an eye to the institution through a business lens. You know, as a faculty member, I adore the academy, have an appreciation, you know, obviously for academia and its practices and its customs. But looking at the, the institution through a business lens, I realized the importance of, you know, some of the basics surplus versus deficit, but also the importance of. Revenue streams, diversification of revenue streams, especially for a small school like us. that lens really guided you know my path as I came into the presidency, especially in the early years, just looking at the financial health of the institution, but also realizing demographically there's challenges out there you know and wanting to poise the institution to do well financially, but ultimately so that we can project our mission. We're a small Catholic school, We want to be in business for many, many years because we want to educate young people of faith to go into the world and be light in the darkness. The mission is my primary thrust, but the business background that I bring has really helped, you know, in many ways to move us forward to do some exciting things.
1: It was interesting. When we first started talking with Aaron and Frank, it became clear that you've got a number of interesting things going on on strategically right now. So we got off the call with them and our biggest challenge we thought was, how are we going to crystallize and synthesize this into a a story? Because you've got a lot going on, which I guess doesn't surprise us. Entrepreneurial spirit tends to have a lot of creativity with it. As you and, and your senior leadership team and your board kind of thought through, can you share a little bit about your mindset around kind of putting a stake in the ground around the, the Curry Innovation Center. And Absolutely. I don't, say, I don't want to say going all in on that, but at a certain point, you kind of have that moment, okay, we've been talking about this for a while. Now it's real. 2018, we restructure.
2: In 2019, we're moving forward. We're trying to emerge from a restructuring with an innovative spirit. And by 2020, right as the pandemic's hitting, we're emerging from restructuring with an innovative spirit, and we're looking to do new things. Mm -hmm. Concurrently, I had charged Frank to be the vice president for innovative partnerships, and that was a decision I made back in 2016, because we recognized then that we had to find new revenue streams. And so I said to Frank, three criteria are you you look for an innovative partnership that brings new students, Mm -hmm. additional revenue, and or creates employment opportunities for graduates. Any one of the three works. So that's been his charge. So here we are going through a restructuring, a pandemic is hitting, and yet we decide to invest a significant amount of money in a property in downtown Altoona. We're friends with the Curry family of companies, and they check the box in terms of opportunities for graduates. Current students of ours are doing significant internships at the Curry Company. Curry is hiring our graduates. Curry is looking at us saying, we want you to be our research arm. So these things convert the relationship with Curry converges with an opportunity to be in their headquarters in downtown Altoona. Here again, we were looking at it through innovative eyes, entrepreneurial eyes. And but we know too that the presence there is going to get our name out there. It's going to get high school students aware of us, get the community aware of us, and pull them in that way. So honestly, too, we see see our presence with Curry as an enrollment driver. On the one level, it's an entrepreneurial relationship. On another level, it's an enrollment driver for us. Even if a student is not coming to us for chemistry or engineering, we can still say, look at this awesome partnership we have, where from college freshmen to employment, you're with this company and getting awesome experience. Long answer, but it, it's twofold. There's the entrepreneurial piece, but then also the enrollment
1: driver. A huge window now into the, the university, right?
2: Absolutely. And honestly, and not to start parading around and you know, <laughs> being all prideful, but it makes a statement. The fact that the university is investing in a property in this point in history is significant. It is bold. Yeah. It, it, it is a risk. It has gotten us noticed. A competitor institution has been across the street from our location for many, many years,
1: and they noticed our presence down there. Yeah, I'm sure they're thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things we know is happening, and Paul mentioned this, is that everybody's talking about strategic partnerships, whether it's with other educational institutions, corporations, government entities, nonprofits, et cetera. We know the world has shifted in higher ed, where we all used to have this go it alone kind of mentality because the supply and demand of students worked for us that way. And But now I think the pages flip where presidents know they have to be in partnership and everybody wants to, but then where the rubber meets the road and how do you do it? One of the things we have witnessed and found is that's where Presidents are really struggling as to what does that process look like. How do you do your discovery and due diligence, and what is the business model? And even before that, how you identify who's at the table and what's going on. Because one of the things we want to do here is share a little bit about how presidents actually can take the next step. And gotcha, am I making sense? Yes. There's
2: two parts to that answer. I'll, I'll go with the easier answer first. In terms of the partnership itself, the relationship with Curry. In many ways, that was the easy part, Mm -hmm. okay, because just by geographic proximity and just by personal relationship, we knew who Curry was. They knew who we were. And and as we started having discussions, it was very evident that not only did they like our students, they wanted our graduates because they needed engineers. So they had a need. Where I was proud of our people who were at that table, that would be Vice President for Innovative Partnerships the dean of the school of steam engineering professors you know a small group of people who were saying to the curry folks yeah we can do this we can do that we can do the other thing we can we would love to be your research arm mm-hmm. so that part of it was the easy part for us key people in the conversations knew that this would work we knew that we would work well together the challenge then is going back to the institution which is very traditional and academia has its its mores and its customs and it's saying to to an academic institution here's someone that we want to partner with and here's why so we really had to make the case as part of the educational process, to the faculty, to the staff, and say, hey, this is Curry, this is who they are, this is what they do, look what we can do with them, see what the opportunities will be for our students. As more faculty heard of this, they saw an traditional opportunity, and then they see, how, oh, wow, this can really work for us, this does create opportunities for our students. And so we did more of a roadshow with the traditional university community, once we got the buy-in, once we built the case and showed the benefits, you know, then we move it forward. It could be challenging at some institutions, particularly if, you know, there's a reliance on process, like if the faculty senate has to approve things or if there needs to be board approval. Like we know that higher ed doesn't move fast. So I think the challenge for the president is moving the concept to reality through the halls of academia. That could be where the challenge comes in. But really, that and but that's also where leadership
3: comes in. Was this your first kind of brick and mortar model business model or partnership, or did you have anything to reference to in the past with experience?
2: For this administration, it was the first brick and mortar project with a partner like this. Yeah, this is this was a first. We have a significant partnership with a an, with another group but mm-hmm. that would be more on like the, the academic level, the sharing of resources level, et cetera, more, more intangibles, if you will. So you're right. That's a great question. This was the first on ground in person. And yeah, and we were, the university was shelling out cash to invest in a building, which we will occupy for many years to come. Mm-hmm. But here again, that, we see it as an investment and the return on the investment for us is also measured in terms of how many students do you recruit? That factors into the return.
1: Yeah, you know, I've always known St. Francis. Again, I'm a Pittsburgher born and raised. Oh, I, I lived out La in Latrobe and Derry for 15 years. So, I, my time, I've not been in that area for the last 20 years, but I always thought of St. Francis as traditional aged undergraduates. But it seems as I learned about the Curry Center that there's kind of a disciplined effort here. I saw there was, you know, kind of a, a program and organizational leadership, et cetera, to, to speak to a different maybe student population as well. Yes. Is that, yes. is that, It is. This project, in
2: some ways, pushes open the door to do more bold, intentional, different things than you would expect from higher education. Traditional higher education is wonderful, but we have to be bold and different. So the Curry Partnership is emblematic of there's more things to come. This This is not the last of our innovative partnerships. And, and you hit it, this springboards us into areas like workforce development, areas like aviation maintenance, healthcare technician. Okay, the list can go on and on. It pushes that door open, and the critics will say that a university has no business going down that, that road. But I beg to differ because from a, a mission point of view, we're about educating students in the Franciscan and Catholic tradition. And we can do that in any number of venues with any number of demographical groups. So I look at the Curry Building and I say, that building is going to be the space in which we help to do workforce development in Blair County and beyond. So this is the start of many more out-of-the-box projects for for Catholic higher ed. As a leader, I do what I believe is right. I do what I believe is best for the institution. But we educate people and we try to bring them along with us, too.
3: You touched upon the enrollment aspect. So for, you know, maybe during orientations and driving up enrollment, have you seen like the community or prospective parents or prospective students coming in excited about some of those opportunities for outcomes?
2: I have, we have, you know, and particularly we can give tangible examples. We can say if if we wanted to have an event at Curry Manufacturing Company, if you're a prospective general engineering student, Come to our reception at Curry Manufacturing, and, oh, look, they're making this railroad car from start to finish. You walk through the factory, and you see where the engineers work, and and you say to the kid, this can be you one day. That's an amazing sell feature. Now that the building is open and operational, the admission side of the house is really coming into play now to host these events either in the Curry building itself, Mm -hmm. at the Curry Company, we're gonna do a financial aid night for for students of the region in the curry building. Like so we're doing everything we can to get prospective folks in there. Because again, yeah. like like with the campus tour, once you get them in, then you can hook them. We're trying to get as many high school kids as we can coming in through this building.
3: And I would say I would think too, internships are such a huge part of that academic experience. And so having that kind of like that in or that part of that process in their academic experiences would be pretty important too.
2: Absolutely. You know, and then plus with it would be opportunity for guaranteed employment at the end of it all. When mom right. and dad hear that. Yes. You know, then, then there's no more, no more discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
3: Get a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: But what was, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the audience. that's going to be, you know, reading and listening and learning from this and it's largely going to be presidents and boards and, management teams. And I guess I have two questions here. One is going to be kind of what was one of the greatest obstacles you encountered, whether you knew you were going to encounter it or it kind of came up along the way. And then uh, just some tips or advice to that audience as they're thinking of being bold and uh, taking on an initiative like this, what, what counsel do you have for your colleague presidents as they live into trying to do what you're doing?
2: Well, I, I think I'll answer the second one first. You know, the term that I've heard over the, the span of my presidency is courageous leadership. Okay. And I don't know who coined the term, but, in, you know, in the higher ed space, I hear that term used, you know, when, when a president or an academic leader does, you know, they say that is courageous leadership because they, they know what needs to be done and they do it. And, and really, the longer I'm in this job, the more I have an appreciation for courageous leadership. I recognize it when I see it. And I would say that for something like this, if it makes sense for the institution, if it's something that will pay dividends for the institution, even if there's going to be pushback from certain quarters, that, this is where courageous leadership comes in. You know, Because as I like to say, these things don't happen by magic. Things don't get better if you sit and hope they do. Sometimes you have to take the action. I would say to a president, go for it. Okay. Do it. Because no one else is going to do it. But if this is the right thing for the institution, do it. Hmm. To the first question, to be honest with you, I'm hard-pressed to think of a single obstacle except for the intangible one. You know, it's, it, it's the the risk-involved. You know, the worrying, the concerns voiced by by multiple people asking, why are we doing this? How come we're doing this in Altoona and not Johnstown? Maybe we could do something in Pittsburgh, maybe we should, you know, look for an enrollment pipeline in Houston, Texas. So there's all kinds of wondering why are we doing this? Why here? Why now? Some of the pushback was strong. Some of the pushback had merit. So in other words, it wasn't, "Oh, well, we don't have enough cash or we you can't find a building company. It wasn't, that wasn't the practical stuff. It was really just the genuine concern on the part of some. But once we overcame that, once we educated the folks, maybe they all didn't come around to our way of thinking, but they at least saw our thought process. They saw there's a plan. They they understood the details. Okay, we may not agree with you, but you get it. Clearly, you've done your homework.
1: Kerry, what other key questions do we need to ask? Father.
3: Um that that was one of the important questions, just what you had asked jamie and and what father, what you said about the just the giving counsel, because I think right now, I mean, we're in unprecedented times. We're just seeing things that we've never seen before in the in the economy in the world. just to be innovative on and being strategic on some of these practices. So that's important for a successful partnership. You're seeing this center also benefit the community. Uh, Do you know, are you getting feedback from the community, from the town? And how is that helping you as far as seeing that success there?
2: Our presence has definitely raised our profile. Respected business leaders in our community are walking up to us and saying, wow, thank you for coming here. We're happy to have you. Thanks for making the investment because you know, they too are making an investment. And these are folks too, who have lived here a long time. It's in many situations, it's the next generation of leadership, if you will. These are the young business leaders who, who's going to be in downtown Altoona for a long mm-hmm. time to come. Well, we're going to be there with them. They have a lot of appreciation, respect, and admiration for what we're doing. Because again, We could have picked any number of locations. We could have chosen to go in a completely different direction, not involving brick and mortar. I've been impressed by how happy people are to have us down there. But as we move out of the honeymoon phase, I really do see us working with other business leaders. Just, again, proximity is going to help us. So I think things are going to progress naturally, and you're going to see us more and more as a partner you know right. and we're not just a tenant we're truly a partner in the business world down there that's huge for us that's huge
3: yeah so. And it's probably exciting for the businesses too, because they've seen something that's been successful and they're going to want to get involved in some way. So I will probably see more partnerships opening up in the future yeah. that you didn't even think of.
2: I've always wanted us to be partnered with somebody. And it's funny that it converged this way with Curry. I wasn't familiar with them in 2014, but as I came to know people and as relationships develop, this is a great partnership. Mm-hmm. My, my VP for finance years ago said something like, in the future, you're going to take classes on campus and then go finish your education at Google headquarters and then mm-hmm. get your degree. Well, we're kind of doing that. You know, right. like you're taking classes at St. Francis, but then you're getting the real world stuff at Curry. The more partnerships I can have like that, it's exactly. That's awesome. That's also, you know, an area of evolution for higher ed. More and more, there's going to be the, the experiential piece and you're mm-hmm. going to get college credit for that. I see us replicating this with other companies. Right.
1: Carrie, how about you? Anything uh, still on your list?
3: No, I'm the I, same here. I loved hearing your story and meeting you, Father, and, um, and really just excited about partnering with you in this process as we are able to share your story.
2: Thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, again, more than anything else, I appreciate the fact that we were selected for this. So, so thanks for taking an interest in our story
1: and thanks for amplifying it for us, too. I, I appreciate it you got it yep. father
0: well best wishes for a peaceful weekend you, hey, sir, appreciate
2: it have a nice weekend
3: thank you you too, right, thank,
0: you. You too. Okay. thank you for joining trends and tensions presented by bhdp for this special episode creating opportunities through community partners part one with contributing host dr jamie Caridi and carrie magowski and their guest father malachi van tassel if you appreciate what you have heard please rate subscribe and give us a review I am Brian Trainer, your host, and I hope you'll join us for part two when we continue this topic with university administrators from St. Francis University and representatives from the Curry family of businesses.